Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It, The Life and Times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse. But whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, And I remember being a young fella, and I never really understood what that meant. And then as I got older, then it, you know, figured it out. 2020 being, I guess, the best vision you got. Well, not the best, but the best normal vision. And then hindsight, meaning that, boy, if you could see the future, you'd be pretty good. Well, we can't. I can't. We, we, don't, we don't see the future. And anyway, so the whole, the whole point of me saying hindsight's twenty twenty now, because I look back in retrospect, boy, and I tell you what, I am, uh, I guess I'm lucky, blessed, and I'm humbled. But the fact that I'm not dead, uh, have been killed, uh, imprisoned, beat to death, uh, which I have been beat close to death one time. But, uh, yeah, the, the fact that, I've, that I'm alive today to be my age, uh, quite frankly, is, I think it's a miracle. So today I want to I wanna share uh, a story that occurred, and, and I, forgive me because I don't know the year, but I'm, I'm going to speculate because it is to hear me tell it. Y'all know that. But it's gonna, I'm going to speculate it was probably like in 19, I'm going to say 78 maybe, maybe maybe 78. I think I was 16, maybe 17. And I, I was on the wayward path. Uh, I'm sure mom and daddy, at, at that point in my life, mom and daddy were probably wondering what in the hell is wrong with this idiot being me because uh, I was I was performing miserably in the academics. It was it was just something that didn't interest me, you know. And again, hindsight being twenty twenty, I realize now that I, I was fully capable. I had the ability, and thank gosh, people like Jack McGlone and Dwight Harris and Everett Bird and and Linda Jane Green and Anna Gerald and Vernon Griggs and and the list goes on. Uh, thank goodness they saw something and uh, planted a few seeds that uh, they yielded some decent fruit later in my life. But I was at that stage in my life, and I'm sure my, I'm you know, and I'm and I'm, I'm it saddens me to say this, but I think back then uh, I was the the jest of a lot of turmoil in the Daniels family. Uh, I had to watch mom and daddy get into some pretty serious arguments. Tears were shed. Uh, voices were raised. And, you know, I was just the poor knucklehead that sat there. And uh, I did. I I, I, uh, I I sat there thinking, you know, I'm, I'm the cause of all the problems in this damn household. And there was times where I just thought, man, I just want to leave. But I didn't. I didn't. But I realized that I was, you know, I was the reason that there was so much turmoil and mom and daddy's not alive today. And I hope they hear me, but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for what I put y'all through. Thank you for not giving up on me and just kicking me out of the house. Thank you. 
So anyway, this was this was an event that took place, like I said, I think it was back in 1978. And I don't know why other than I think both of them worked next door to the Butler Red and White. But years ago, back in the 70s, right next door to the Butler Red and White on the Courthouse Square, uh, there was a, a, a loan and finance company. And it was one of them little old places, you know, you think what the interest rate was back then, but it was one of those little old places that they loaned money. And uh, you had to put up some collateral, I'm sure. But, and the banks weren't really, I guess, too keen on it unless you had a whole bunch of good collateral and good credit. But there was folks that would go and they would borrow money from this place. And uh, maybe they bought cars and other stuff. But uh, I know for a fact that old Jimmy Davison, Jimmy Davison worked up there. And uh, Jimmy was a funny man. He He was... He was a lot older than me back then, so I don't know what Jimmy's age is now. I don't know what it was back then. I know he's older than me. He was a damn adult, and I wasn't. <clears throat> and I, I think Bob Coverhouse worked there uh, for a period of time. And and anyway, I think that's how I got to be friends with him. And that, and to include, we played softball a lot, and Jimmy Davison was always the catcher. And I didn't know this until later in life, that Jimmy, Jimmy Davison was blind in one eye, and no, and there was no damn reason he couldn't hit the damn ball. Uh, he had no depth perception. But there was a night that, and I don't I don't even know how this even got aligned. I don't know, but here's the bottom line is, is my happy butt went to Macon, Georgia on a Saturday night with Jimmy Davison and Bob Coverhouse. And we went in Jimmy Davison's car, and I think it was a white Camaro. It was, I think it's what it was. So we go over to Macon, Georgia, and we go to the Whiskey River. Now, of course, I got me a fake ID. Young folks, don't do that. I don't, I don't advise you getting a fake ID because you can get your ass in a lot of trouble. Excuse me, I had to take a, that was a pause. I had to take a cup of coffee. You know, I, I record these things way dark early. I mean, really early. And they come out every Wednesday. My podcast comes out every Wednesday at 4 a.m. I record them like a week and sometimes two weeks in advance. So here I am recording, and it's it is dark thirty, brother. Believe me, but I'm on my second cup of coffee. All right, so I digress. All right, squirrel. So, uh, so I I go to Macon, Georgia, with Jimmy Davison and Bob Coverhouse, and we go to the Whiskey River. And again, I got me a fake ID, and we go in there, and and you know you, you got to think about it. If if you go over there and you meet yourself, a gal, uh, three guys in a car, how you gonna get home? So there ain't a whole lot of planning, I guess, involved in this. But we went over there to drink and womanize, and we did. And me being so damn young, I think, you know, I look back now and I think, you know, can you imagine a gal being in there in her 20s and she, she's got a appease or, or I'm not sure if tolerate or whatever, but she's got to deal with old Jerry Daniels, long-haired, 16, 17 years old, thinking I, I know how to sow roots, and I don't, and, and they're like, anyway. So we go over there, and, we, and we, we do our thing. We close the place down, and then we leave. Well, like most folks do when they've been out carousing and drinking all night long, uh, when you get done, you're hungry, and you got to go eat. So we go to the Crystal. We go, we go to the Crystal Restaurant. And uh, Crystal Burgers are good. And that Crystal Chili is real good if you've been drinking all night long at about 2 a.m. But we go to the Crystal over there near the Whiskey River, and I don't know what side of Macon that is. I think it's on the uh, 
I think it's on the north side of Macon. I don't know. No, no, no. Maybe it's on the south side of Macon. Whatever it is. But it was over there at the Crystal Restaurant. Now, going to Crystal back then was like going to Waffle House. Uh, you had to you had to deal with what was, what was in there. So we go in there, and the place is damn packed full of people that's been out night all night drinking. And we're just three more that walked in. And we get us a booth, and there's a bunch of folks in there. There's... There's white folks, there's black folks, there's uh, there's there's cowboys, and because uh, we was out there near Whiskey River, and sure enough, these old two fellers with their two girlfriends sitting over there, and they had the cowboy hats on. And then there's us. We ain't cowboys. We don't want to be cowboys. We didn't try to pretend to be cowboys. So we were sitting over there in our booth, and you got to understand the dynamics. It's loud. And uh, so at some point, I don't know, you know, who knows what, what could possibly go wrong at 2 a.m. with folks been drinking all night in a crystal restaurant in Macon, Georgia. But somehow or another, somebody eyeballed somebody, you know, don't be giving no skunk eyes. So somebody eyeballed somebody. And one of them dudes in the cowboy hats mouths off to, to Jimmy Davison you know, what the F you looking at? <laughs> so, and Jimmy Davis has said something to the effect about ain't no cowboys in Macon, Georgia with y'all's dumbass hats or something like that. I don't I don't know what it was, but Jimmy popped off back to him. And there was a couple of words said back and forth about don't be looking at my girl and all this kind of crap. And I, I remember the girl that was sitting next to this old boy that was running his mouth, she would be nudging him on. She was egging him on. She was trying to get him going. And everybody loves that kind of girlfriend as she'll get you she'll get you in a fight. So this girl was working this old boy, and his name was Russell. I'll never forget that, and I'll tell you why later. But she was egging him on. So that the words got going further and further, and then it got louder and louder. And now the black folks was in there, they was interested in what was going on because they they thinking, hey, we're gonna see these two go at it. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Davison takes a spoonful of grits. And he hold you know, and he and he holds his spoon back, and he's got grits on it. And he pulls it back like a, like a you know a, a slingshot or something, or a catapult, whatever. And he's like, boing. He flips. <laughs> Jimmy Davison flips that damn spoon of grits over there, and it goes, poop, pop that dude in the head on his hat. <laughs> man, it was giddy up, and it was hilarious, man, because everybody all of a sudden was up wanting to fight. And then the the the, uh, the staff at the restaurant's like, y'all take it outside, take it outside. So we did. So all we all we all pile out of there. We're going out in the parking lot. There's gonna be some ass whooping going on. And me, I'm thinking I ain't big enough. These fellers are pretty bigger. And 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 Jimmy's running his mouth. And Bob's ready. Bob's ready to go at it. And and the, and the blacks are out there. And they got all behind us. And they start hollering, yeah, y'all go ahead. Y'all kick these cowboys' ass <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. We got your back. And I'm thinking, holy smokes, man. Well, then them cowboys realize that this ain't going to go well. So they they toss the the idea on the floor, why don't we leave this parking lot? Let's go somewhere else while y'all ain't got all this crowd. Well, hell, Jimmy says, okay. Well, they pile in their trucks. We pile in the car. Ain't none of us paid a bill. And uh, and we leave. So we follow these rednecks, and we go to some parking lot in a damn 
industrial area at a big warehouse. It ain't, it ain't, you know, it's, it's, it's dimly lit. And that truck, there's two trucks and there's us. And both of them trucks pull up. We pull up and our headlights are shining in the headlights. And people start piling out of the cars and trucks. Well, first of all, they all get out of the truck. And two of them get out, a man and a woman get out of one of them trucks. And then our car doors open. I'm in the back seat. Our car doors open. Jimmy's about to get out. And the other guy piles out of his truck, and you hear that god-awfully noise, a pump rack of a shotgun. And I'm like, oh, hell, the guy's got a gun. And then I hear this girl, this is why I remember the name Russell. I hear this girl hollering, Russell, shoot their ass. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no. So Jimmy Davison, this, this, was, this was a fight sight to be seen. Jimmy Davison has gotten out of the car, but he ain't got past the car door. The car door's open. So then Jimmy Davison says, oh, y'all got a gun? Well, let me grab mine. And he's acting like he's reaching under the seat of his car. And I'm in the back seat trying to push Bob forward to get out, but then all of a sudden I realize maybe getting out's not a good idea. So Bob's leaning back, pushing me back. Jimmy's, Jimmy's bluffing, man. We ain't got no gun. He's talking about, yeah, you get out there with that gun, I'll shoot you. <laughs> and he goes back and forth. So finally, the other girl tells Russell to put the gun up, and he does. And you know what? And then Bob keeps running, not Bob, Jimmy keeps running his mouth, and then we get in the car and we leave. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And I'm glad. Boy, am I glad. That could have been bad on many levels. My life could have been changed instantly. All of our lives could have been changed. And we went back home. And I, I look back again, hindsight being 2020. Uh, boy, that, that could have gone south, and it could have gone south real bad, real fast. So that's that's the night of a whiskey river and being in there and and drinking in a crystal restaurant or, or drink after an hour drink after a night of drinking being in crystals in Macon, Georgia. So this is going to be like a really short one. But this was just a, a little a little capture about me being a, a, a teenager with a fake ID and whatnot. And I'm, I'm not sure what the moral of the story is. I don't know if I don't know if any of these stories have a moral. Uh, again, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be alive, and I'm lucky. Uh, I'm lucky that Russell didn't listen to that damn girl, and we got out of there uh, without being shot. It could have. It could have been bad. So, all right. But I, I do want to. That's all the story is. But I do want to say that uh, I've got some good friends that live over in Dalton, Georgia. When I worked for, I used to work for Shaw Industries as a safety manager. And I got some real good friends over there, and they are. They're, they're professional. They're super, super, super uh, nice people, great Americans. I love them. Uh, I think the world of them and their families. But uh, when I was working for Shaw, we traveled a lot, and I would, I, would, I would share some of these stories when we would ride. And, uh, and they were just they, – they seemed to be interested. And, uh, and, I, and I had lunch with them not too long ago, and I think I mentioned this in one of my earlier episodes. And uh, – they said, Jerry, you know, they were listening to my podcast. They said, Jerry, you got to you gotta tell the story about, 
and I'm not going to say her name because that's just that's just not appropriate. That old girl may hear this one day, and then it, it would surely come back. Hindsight being 2020, well, let me tell you right now, I'm going to do some foresight, and I'm just going to say, telling this one particular story that they want me to tell, I'm not going to tell. I can't. I've given a lot of thought. So this goes out to Teresa, Brett, uh, Miguel, uh, Jessica, and David, and and they they wanted me to share this story, but I'll just say I can't. And I, and I did. I gave it a lot of thought. I know it's funny, uh, but it, some things just need to be left untold. So, but I know they're sitting there, and, they're, and if they're listening to this episode, they're like, come on, man, tell it. And I can't. I can't tell the story about uh, – I'm not even going to say her name. Okay, I'll say her first name, Lily. I can't say the story about Lily and the train ride uh, in Munich, Germany. <laughs> I can't tell it. Uh, it's a good story. I'll, I'll admit it. It's a, it's a uh, dang man. I can't believe that happened. Uh, but it's it's. A, I just I just think maybe I better leave that one alone. <laughs> All right, so that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up, man. I I, uh, I I think this is like number 25 or 26, and I enjoy doing these. I appreciate y'all listening to them and whatnot. Please share them. Um, who, who knows? Maybe one day these will become chapters in a book. Hell, I don't know. Uh, I wish Louis Gazard was alive because I'd ask him. I'd ask Louis for some advice. I'm not sure what Louis would tell me. But that's it. Um, it's good to be. Uh, it's good to be alive. It's great. It's good to be. Uh, it's great to be an American. And um, I, I always said I wasn't going to get political, so I'm not. So I'm just going to wrap it up with that. And um, I hope my buddy Mike Coker is always listening. He was out there in Wyoming or Nevada or Mesquite or Star Valley or somewhere out there. He's out west. He is living the dream, playing golf and smoking cigars, and uh, he he's he's got it going on. So, as my great friend Mike Coker would always say when we would say our farewells, y'all know what Mike would say: "Bicycle." <laughs>